Shut up and sit down. everyone i hope everybody's having a great friday night and um we're going to be talking about tony dinozo doing time travel um should be pretty interesting because uh, there's not um any ways um for that to happen in canon so <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be it's going to be interesting tonight um i uh I am experiencing some, there's like some bad weather, like, um, in the distance. So, um, I can kind of hear, um, a little bit of thunder, um, very far and and I haven't checked the radar. So, um, hopefully it it won't head my way. Um, but I should definitely check the radar. I can't believe I didn't. Um, we are halfway through fanfic Palooza, uh, uh, which is a bit we're doing on Facebook where people are um, linking their favorite fix for the whole month of August. It's been really interesting. I got to read some stuff I had not read in a very long time. And um, so that's been fun. Oh, yeah, that storm is sitting right on top of me. Hmm. My goodness, it didn't even buy me dinner first. Can you guys hear me? I hope so. There's nobody in the chat room saying anything, so. <sighs> it's rude. Okay. Um, not you guys, the the storm. It, it didn't even buy me dinner. Anyways, um, Julie's going to be joining me tonight, and we're going to be talking about Tony Donozo traveling in time, which is um, a thing for her because there are no canon methods. Um, so, yeah. Um but I would like to say something else. We um, we had a podcast last night, and in the midst of it, um, we both said some things that might have implied that we um, were inviting you to give us uh, feedback on what stories on our sites might be viable for, for a sequel. We weren't inviting you to do that. Please don't. Just don't. Okay. Um, we're going to get started. Okay. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm only a little out of breath. I had to change rooms for this, which I don't usually have to do. And I dropped, like, almost everything except my laptop, which good. I didn't drop my laptop, but I dropped my key. I dropped my lip balm. I dropped everything. You dropped your tea. Oh, my God. I know. That's terrible. I know. So I was late dealing with the tea. Okay. Make sure my computer is muted. I was looking at one of those. I don't know why, you know, like I got stressed out today and I was looking at beauty hacks videos. <laughs> 
I will never ever set my hair by tying it up on forks. <laughs> just, that's just completely ridiculous. <sighs> I oh my god oh Azure. Now save it for the end. Save it for the end, baby. Yikes. <laughs> this is a good time to point out at the top of my chat room, if you're in my chat room, you will note that it says this is an adult chat room on an adult site. There will be pornographic images, adult languages, and mature conversation. Um, I mean that. <laughs> yeah. That's about we adult mean that so much. I was about to say that's about as adult as it gets, but that's just not true. That's, that's just not true. Um, that's, that's way not, not true, true at all. That's not even animated. <laughs> Things get way more grown up. That guy who could blow himself, that was more adult. <laughs> and the guys who could fuck themselves, that's extra more adult. <laughs> that is like you know, extra, extra adult. <laughs> You know, I'm in my sister's. I'm in my sister's office for this today, and um, the girl's got tons of gum, and it's all varying shades of mint, 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 mint. And you're allergic it's to mint. Like, I, oh, I know. It's like does she have anything, anything fruit flavored gum? No, mint, spearmint, peppermint, some sort of wintergreen spearmint hybrid. That <sighs> that seems practically. Um, I don't know. Like, she doesn't want you to have any of her gum. <laughs> I really think she doesn't. It's like, oh, and this one's cinnamon, but it's got mint in it. <laughs> don't don't have any of my gum. All right, I won't touch your fucking gum. <laughs> it's obvious that there's some kind of nefarious plan going on. Um, she definitely does not want you to have her gum. Okay, so... Tony time traveling. Um, sometimes rebooting the page is not sufficient. Um, you have to, if you're having audio problems, you have to either like clear your cache and restart your browser because re- reloading the page isn't going to solve a, a bad cookie. What do you call those? Stale cookies or a bad Stale cache cookies. file? But Stale cookies, if she bad cache files. If she, if she can't load the page and she didn't hear a word you said. <laughs> That's true. I guess I, somebody type that up, would you? <laughs> somebody be my transcriptionist. Call-in number. I know the call-in number off the top of my head. I bet you do. Um, I, you know, I think that, uh, there are no canon methods of Tony traveling back in time. Yeah, there's no science, there's no magic, there's nothing to hook onto. So you have to kind of, suspension of disbelief becomes a problem. Yes. Um, it's something you have to address when you're going to have somebody traveling, time, time traveling in a, in a fandom that you know pretty much any of your contemporary like procedural crime dramas or even a contemporary comedy and not that those are typically very big fandoms but when you deal with any kind of contemporary real world based fandom um you you have you have you have some difficulties with things like time travel and mpreg and 
whatever. Except the ghost ship really wasn't a ghost ship. Yeah, it wasn't. It was it was creepy, but it wasn't really a ghost ship. I mean, you can insert paranormal elements to anything, but in the traditional canon of NCIS, there's nothing there. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of, the closest you get in the canon is they kind of have Gibbs having flashes of his wife and child every time he's close to death. But I don't really particularly interpret that as anything paranormal. Um, I think it's a signal that um, Gibbs has not healed and never will heal from their deaths. Yeah, I agree. From their deaths. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, there, but there are options. I mean, you can mix, you can mix and match, um, different, um, fandoms. You can insert magical fandoms, um, science, you know, uh, yeah, you can give mutants, you know, um, What? Well, yeah, you, you kind of if you're really not, if you're not going to cross over, you have to do something like um, insert something, some kind of alien invasion of a non crossover variety, um, godly intervention, guardian angels. You have to bring in some mythical element, either alien or mythical element, or world catastrophe um, that you know. Like gives people superhuman abilities, and you could have time travel be an outshoot of that, or something like that. Um, hmm. I think you, I'm you, not saying you it was watched, alien, but it, <laughs> it was alien. Um, did you watch Deadpool too? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Cable has a time travel device. Mm-hmm. So, like, what if Tony, this would definitely be an AU, he comes across a device very similar to it on a crime scene, um, and it's active, and some way or somehow he gets pushed into it or onto it. It could be Cable's device. Which would be a Deadpool crossover, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Because the last time we saw that device, Deadpool was using it. <laughs> There's no telling where it <laughs> ends up after that. <laughs> so you could use something like that. We yeah, did a, uh, a we did one where Tony ascended. And that was an SGA or a Stargate crossover. Yeah. I had a couple ideas where he ascended. One was that he ascended, died during dead air and ascended. Um, and the, the ancients were just like, oh, no. Um, and just put him at the SGC. And then the other one that had time travel involved was where he was. It was all the shepherds being sent back in time. He finds out that he mm-hmm. is actually... A shepherd finds out what his real parentage is, and all the brothers are being sent back in time. Um, so that that would be a Stargate kind of crossover. Um, 
you could do something kind of like the Terminator. Um, oh, that's interesting. A time traveler comes back for him for something. Yeah, you could make it magical. It's not... Um, that would be doing some kind of fusion into some kind of magical realism, um, which would be... I kind of like the idea of trying to do something where it's not expected, like nobody knows what happens. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like the Deadpool device. Nobody, If he found that Deadpool device at a crime scene, he disappeared, no one would have any idea what had happened to him because time travel is not part of that universe. So if it's some kind of device that comes back from the future and um, somehow Tony gets either wrapped up in it or he's wrapped up in it on purpose, something kind of like the Terminator, um, then you wouldn't have to change the universe rules for NCIS. It would just be the world. <laughs> Interesting. One of the more obvious fusion crossovers you, you could do is you could make Tony a time cop. Yeah. Where'd my note go? Um, Terminator thing. Time cop. Um, an SGA crossover that I don't think I've ever seen anybody do is what if um, Tony goes on vacation, goes to see his Uncle Clive, um, and stumbles across that ancient um, cache he has the ATA gene. That facility sucks him down in there. Huh. Or really, he could stumble across an ATA, an ancient device anywhere on the planet. Right. There's no way they found they found them all. And if he's a very strong gene carrier... Okay, wait a minute. I'm having some sort of weird idea here. It's not quite jelly. You ever like have a glimpse of an idea? Yeah. It's like, does that work? I don't know. This wouldn't be so much for the time travel. Or maybe it would. I'm trying to think of how it fits together. What if Tony stumbles across some sort of ancient device? I don't have all the pieces of this yet. Anyway, he gets thrown back to 1969, and he meets Jack and has a brief affair with him in Uh-oh. 1969. And um, and maybe the purpose of the time travel was to send him back to 1969 to meet Jack. I don't know exactly what the function of that would be. And then he gets once his function is fulfilled which is meeting Jack and maybe fucking Jack, I don't know, he gets thrown back to the present and has no fucking clue what's going on until he meets Jack again. I'm just trying to think of what the function... I'm like 110% in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just 
trying to think of what that. Here's the thing: is I have this idea of this being the thing. I'm just trying to think of what the function of that would be. Like, why? Hmm. I'll have to noodle on that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with getting sent back in time just to some kind of cosmic entity thinks you need to get laid. But... <laughs> That's funny. It's actually, I'm intrigued by the idea of Tony knocking up Jack, but it, I think it would actually be better the other way around. Yeah, especially at um, Jack's age. Um, yeah. Because Jack would need to meet his kid in the future. Um, because of the program and stuff. Yeah, I think it, that would be bad juju for Jack. Um yeah, Empress would be making a cracky angle. If there was some function, like, oh, God, I just, I'm not sure if I grossed myself out, that's a really good idea. Um, okay, I won't, so if you can't follow the mechanics here, folks, I am not going to explain them on the podcast. <laughs> what if Jack needs to bone somebody with a stronger ATA gene than him? Because reasons. Because reasons. <laughs> well, as long as it's not John. <laughs> no, but but what if I'm just trying to think of <laughs> what if Jack being in the past, maybe he somehow connects to an ancient device or something, and hmm, I'd have to rewatch that episode again. I definitely think I'd have to rewatch that episode to get some. Uh, but I just did kind of. I just kind of put now, the idea in my here's head. Here's something. Of, something. Why does it have to be Tony? It doesn't have to be Tony. What? What? No, but that's not what I mean. What if SG One is thrown back in time because of Tony? That it really wasn't the solar flare. I mean, it was done on purpose. They were purposely sent back to make sure Tony oh. got back to the future. He falls upon some ancient device and gets sent back in time. It's going to fuck up the timeline. Powers that be send SG-1 back to get him. To put him back where he belongs. To fix the device. Sam has to fix the device or whatever. And, um, you know, Tony can get it on with the colonel while while they wait. (laughs) That's a good. I like that idea. The SG one is basically sent back to follow him back in time to where he landed. Hmm. It could also be that the ascended are like, no, 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 no. He's supposed to be in the present. He can't be stuck back in 1969. You guys gotta go get him. And they use the flare that- as an as an excuse. Yeah, and then that is a, um, and that would also be a way to get Tony into the program. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I think Tony would be totally hamming it up in nineteen sixty-nine. Oh, he would love it. Oh, I'm not sure he'd wear polyester though, but he would dig it. <laughs> he would dig everything. 
<laughs> he's not getting knocked up. The knocked up is a cracky idea, but I just, I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, I don't know. Some fandoms, I think I might be, able, I might be able to dip my toe into the Mpreg waters. Although the fandoms I would do that in are all fandoms that I would use another means. Like Hobbit, I would just plant the babies because that's better. Um, Harry Potter, I would use some sort of um, orb, um, like an art, like a, a magical external womb. I'm just, I can't conceive of, a, of probably more likely. I guess if maybe Teen Wolf, I might, I could maybe do Impreg. I mean, I don't mind reading Impreg. It's just very difficult for me to get my head around. And uh, as a writer. Yeah, if, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, if, if, if Tony has a chance to go to Woodstock, he's going to go. <laughs> he's going to be all up in at Woodstock, yeah. That's, and that's he doesn't know, much, yeah. that would be great. He doesn't know that they're looking for him. So, of course, he's off. He's like, I have no fucking clue why I'm stuck back here. He probably thinks it's some kind of elaborate hallucination or a dream or something. But even if he starts to realize it's really happening, he just is kind of like, well, here I am. I might as well enjoy the time. I mean, yeah, why not? It's more like, well, since I'm here... (laughs) I do think, let me mention in the chat room, I think Danny and Tony would be pretty together. Um, I assume you mean um, Daniel Jackson. I couldn't put his last name there for a second. I was like, uh. Um, I, I think it'd be pretty, but I just, I can't quite wrap my head around the chemistry for the two of them. Um it doesn't quite gel. I mean, I, it's one of those things I would try it as an experiment, maybe in a short, and see if it came out better than I expected. Because sometimes I think, though, there's no chemistry there. And then I try to write it, and I go, oh, there's chemistry there. So I would have to I'd have to experiment with that one. But it doesn't immediately jump out in my head and go, oh, yeah, that that's an obvious pairing for him. No, it doesn't j- well, um it's not necessarily even the older, but I do see Tony more drawn towards the military type. It's typically where I pair him. That's true. I guess I have a bias that direction. Hmm. I do too, then, because I tend to go there too. Yeah, for me, it's like Steve and Ian would be the two big ones, and then Gibbs is a little bit further down the list. But um, yeah, so that. An ancient device. I like the idea of that. That does bring the whole crossover thing in, though. I like the idea of something kind of Terminator-ish, or something from the future is coming back to make sure that Tony, I don't know, does Steve. something that is critical to the f- Steve. Comes back. Steve. Yeah. Steve comes back in time. Oh. Steve. Steve gets recruited. It's a one-way trip. You could do a full-on Terminator AU that way. Yeah.
You know, I have this um, trait for Tony that I have. It's funny. I think of it as being a well-established trait for him in my works, but it, it's a trait in works, I want to say five or six of them that I have in process. I don't think it's actually hit my sight. I don't think. Um, any of the stories where I do have done this, and I think they're all whips, um, where he's exceptionally good at interpreting intelligence and ferreting out good intelligence from bad intelligence, that it's part of that whole puzzle pieces thing that he's just, sometimes it's intuitive leaps, but he's usually able to piece together what was wrong with intel. And so, oh, I kind of, I guess I alluded to it a little bit in Stick Around, but I didn't really delve into it. Um, where was that going with that? Oh, the Daniel thing. Um, I do think Tony is very, very intelligent. I think he could intellectually work with somebody who's um, more science-minded, could work in that kind of pairing. It just isn't something I've typically done. Mm -hmm. You know, this is going to sound really weird, but I like to think of Tony and Rodney kind of on the same in that um, they tend to prefer um, a different kind of thing at home. Yeah, yeah. You know, they want their partner to be smart, but they also want their partner to be, you know, banging. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Complete badass, you know? Yeah. I mean, I see Tony as kind of being drawn to people who kind of are a little bit dangerous. Steve, Gibbs, Ian. Um, yeah. That's the, typically the type that I pair him with. Not that Tony couldn't be dangerous if he wanted to be, but... Um, well, you know, honestly, yeah. you put somebody like Rodney in a room, he's the most dangerous person in the room. That's true. Um and and there's really even no discussion of that. I mean, when you have somebody who could build a nuclear weapon, that is the most dangerous person you'll have in any room that he goes into. Um, but Tony is in his own way very dangerous. But there's something, I don't know, I just think there's that, um, that yeah, it's just an element that I enjoy playing with. I like, I, I like seeing Tony with someone who's, you know, banging. Yeah. In it's a different way. Contrast, you know? Uh, although you get a, you get a different kind of contrast when you put him with somebody who's more of a scientist. Um, it's just like I said, it's not a dynamic I play with. I'd have to try it out. I'm not opposed to the idea. It just doesn't immediately gel in my head. Um, on a more humorous side, could there be a way to do like a Groundhog Day type thing for Tony? Well, in a groundhog type thing, they don't you don't really they don't really often explain why it's happening. They didn't explain it in Groundhog Day. Right. You're just left to assume that it was and, divine intervention. Right. And in Groundhog Day, it's not real clear what caused the day to finally go to end, his repeat, his loop to finally end. Was it that he got the girl finally? Was it that, that he got the girl early on in one of the, and then he fucked it up repeatedly? I think it was yeah. about him, his whole life. His, yeah, just accepting his whole life, accepting himself, um, changing who he was, being a better person. 
when he stopped, everything he did in the beginning was for selfish reasons. When he started do, changing things just to change them, just to make them better for, for other people, I, th- I think that's when it started to, to gel and for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. What if you turn that kind of around a little bit and, and Tony gets stuck in a loop because he's not putting himself first. He's not for – the, for the behavior we see on the show, he just puts up an immeasurable amount of shit, right, for some kind of misplaced loyalty or some sort of idea that he's weak if he doesn't. I mean, whatever the rationale you come up with is for why he puts up with staying on that team for like 13 years um, – what if you flip that around? And the point is Tony coming to a day where he really puts himself first, but in a in a constructive, good for himself kind of way, and like he solves a crime and saves the, saves a, a victim who was lost otherwise, or I don't know, kind of turn it around where his him being selfish winds up being good for other people, even if it's not good for the status quo on Gibbs' team. What if it starts because it gets him killed? Like, he gets told to do something stupid or dangerous, and he agrees to do it, and it gets him killed. And he starts over the day, and he thinks, this is kind of weird. That must have been a really weird dream. But it keeps happening over and over again until he finally learns to say no. Hmm. That's interesting. And he doesn't really remember the other times actively. It could get boring, though, with the writing. You have to be careful with that. Yeah, I read something once that was kind of Groundhog Day-esque. And the author did a pretty good job of balancing the um, the repetition, um, the parts that were repeated. But even though I felt like she had done the repeats as little as possible, and I don't remember even what fandom this was in, but I do. I remember the structure. And the repeats I thought were done at the bare minimum, but up front, while you're establishing the repeated pattern, it was still a little bit tedious. Yeah. But, okay, but so what if he does know, um, and he wakes up, the first, the first event happens, and he's like, oh, no. And he starts changing things, but he's still not changing the right thing. So every day he wakes up the, the, the same day over again, and he keeps trying to change it. And he does change it, but he's not changing the right thing. He's not learning the right lesson. And the lesson is he needs to tell Gibbs, no. You need to learn that lesson, buddy. You could do some kind of, <laughs> because I love going down this path, you could do a loop on dead air. i call it dead loop or something like that. Oh, God. You could explore. I mean, you could have a bunch of, like, small scenes where he just, he doesn't know how to get out of this loop, so he just explores different ways of fucking with McGee and Ziva over um, leaving him out there. Like he start, you know, he has like Gibbs showing up. Or he has the, you know, Alexandria PD show up. He just has all kinds of. He he arranges for some horrible thing to happen that it should have been recorded. Nobody gets hurt, but like it should have been on 
they should have heard it and responded to it, and they didn't, and that's how it's revealed. And I mean, just totally trolling them. Um, and some of his loose because he can't figure out how to get out of them, so he starts trying to find ways to entertain himself. Um, and to fuck with them because they're assholes who got him killed. <laughs> and now he's stuck in a time loop. <laughs> and it's all right. their fucking fault. I would ruin them every day <laughs> until I got out of it. Be like, I'm just going to fuck you guys up. I cannot deal. <clears throat> um, it could be fun, though. It would be fun. That actually could be kind of a fun way of just just doing, exploring a lot of different ways. What is that story? I thought of another story that had a time loop that it was it was really good, but it kind of horrified me. It was another one that had a kind of a Groundhog Day effect. Um, that might be it. Yeah, I think that is it, actually. Um, But it's this, um, I think the loops are coming from Tony Stark's perspective in this. And he's never, sometimes the loops start at the exact same time. And sometimes there's, like, it goes, like, things go on a little bit longer, and then they loop. If I'm describing the story, I'm not sure I've actually got the right story. Um, I think it's ultimately a Tony Stark Loki story, but I'm not actually certain that there's the pairing comes. There's something I read recently, I don't know why I can't retain it more than that, except that I was on a fanfic binge, and sometimes when you're reading like several hundred thousand words a day, it all starts to blur together. Anyway, so right? he finds out the reason yeah, he finds out Personal later that the reason why um reason why the loops, what causes the, there to be variation when the loops start is because those are the times that Loki dies. Um, that when Loki dies, the loop starts. And there are times he finds out that when he died, that it triggered the loop to start. So either one of them dying triggers the loop to start over. Um, but yeah, it was, and, and actually there was some interest, it was kind of heartbreaking. Um I, at least I found it kind of heartbreaking. And I may not have finished it because I may have kind of just been really sad and like when that whole reveal has happened and I'm like, I don't want to. Um, I can't take it anymore. It's too sad. Um, they're going to be a happy ending. It might be Say Goodbye to Yesterday by Melon Butterfly. I'm not 100% sure of that, though. I'd have to look at the story. Um, it is a, That is a time loop story, though. Ah, that is it. Okay. Um, so, okay, what have we, what what time travel device we talked about? We talked about Groundhog Day thing. Groundhog, Groundhog Day thing. Um Time Cop Terminator thing. I feel like I forgot something that we just talked about. What did we talk about right before Groundhog Day? Terminator. Wait, my brain is like a sieve tonight. We did Terminator. We did a Stargate 69. 
Yeah, the Omega 13 device is something I've wondered how you would implement, like a constant, you know, an occasional 13-second jump to the past. Um, it's, it would be, I actually think it would be curious if it was accidental, like you didn't know when it was going to happen. Um, what if it was a mutant ability and it happened every time he almost died? Or it happened when he dies? Like he gets shot, he goes back 13 seconds. Oh, so he's in a car accident, he goes back 13 seconds. He would be used to that ability then, probably. Um, what if it? What if the Omega Thirteen is like sort of a sentient um, instead of a device? It's like a sentient entity that's like, I don't know, scared or lonely or something, and it attaches itself to Tony. And anytime anything bad happens to him, even maybe somebody just being mean to him, <laughs> it decides <laughs> when to jump back in time. Oh, she was too rude to you. I wish I said something different. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, Ziva, and fuck you. (laughs) I probably shouldn't have said that. Skip back 13 seconds. No, uh, fuck you, Ziva. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with that. Or it could be some kind of weird trigger that he takes him a while to figure out, like, oh, no. Like every time somebody says, "Oh no," it takes him back thirteen seconds. <laughs> Son of a bitch! Time, time, skipping back 13 seconds during, you know, he could, that could be like a built-in way to deal with premature ejaculation, right? Oh, like, he, you know, <laughs> he, he comes, he comes sooner than he wants, he goes, oh, no, <laughs> and jumps back 13 seconds and figures out a way to, like, make it last a little bit longer. Um, I wish I could get the last 10 seconds of my life back. Oh, mish granted. <laughs> That has a very cracky element to it, those little time skips to the past in general. But you could, it could have a more um, serious vibe depending upon how, depending upon how it's crafted. Um, okay, so we did, we did the Omega Thirteen. I don't really, I think the one I have the most plot idea around is the 1969 thing. Yeah. And what what's even better is that it, it, it I mean, that's a twofer for me is it's got, you've got the time travel and you get Tony out of NCIS, which is my favorite trope. I like the Terminator idea, actually. I think it would be really interesting if um, um, a variation on the Terminator um, where um, somebody is sent back in time to keep Tony alive. Kind of a different plot device than, you know, for the son you're about to have kind of thing. 
the first well, what if he, church me is not good. Well, what if he's the leader? What if he's oh, there, John Connor? Oh, that's a good idea. If he's there, John Connor, and they've sent a machine back to kill him. Hmm. Be a variation on something political, like maybe instead of um, uh, maybe uh, basically after some kind of world-ending event that uh, Tony ends up being like in charge of whatever's left. And the machines are trying to, you know, he's like their president or whatever. Um, yeah. And the machines are trying to get rid of him. And they send back Steve. As you do. As you do, yeah. <laughs> or it could be Ian if, you're, if, if your boat floats that way. Well, my boat floats both ways, but I tend to prefer to be on the mothership. My boat can take on many passengers. (laughs) (laughs) How many ways can we use that euphemism? (laughs) Of course you can be naked. (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely naked. Tony could be like, you know what? No, I've seen this movie. I think you got the wrong person. I don't even have a womb. <laughs> I am that not the mother hysterical. of the freedom fighter that you're looking for. Because <laughs> it could be, and you could, I mean, you could turn it completely on its ear with, instead of it being um, machines, it could be like the other side has control of like a lot of the technology and stuff. And sends a machine back, a, a Terminator type thing back. <laughs> Tony would run so long, so hard, so fast. Lady Holder says, "I don't have a room. <laughs> Hold still, we'll fix that." Tony would take off like a bat out of hell. But okay, so what if actually instead of machines, it's an alien invasion? Yeah. And yeah. um. Tony's instrumental in some way, and so they need him back. They need um, you could actually almost do a series of them where aliens have gone back and they're targeting gene carriers. Yeah, I was just thinking that you could do it with if you do it based on another Stargate crossover, you'd have a lot of great baked in world building. Um, you could say even the Ori sent machines or assassins back to kill gene carriers because, um, because of Atlantis. Yeah, it could be the Ori, it could be the Wraith, it could be... I, I don't, I'm not 100% sure about the Wraith. I, I think that they're a little um, single-minded Yeah, for elaborate time travel plots. But Adria isn't. No, she's definitely not. Maybe that's what yeah, Adria does. Because currently, Adria in the canon is um, in a fight with not Oma, but uh, Oma's fighting Anubis. 
And it could be Anubis if you wanted to go back that far instead of using Adria. Um, uh, who's fighting Adria? Someone is fighting Adria basically to a handstill, to a still, to keep her act, to keep her away from humans the way Oma is. Morgana? Yeah. Um, Morgan Le Fay. Morgan Le Fay is doing that. So either it could be Anubis or Adria um, find some way during that fight to send people back, to send their assassins back to kill certain people on Earth. To prevent them being captured the way they are. I don't know. If they had that kind of power, they could probably over um, throw whoever's fighting them to begin with. Well, maybe. Maybe they have, maybe that they, they're, maybe their key to being able to wrest control in the future relies on wiping out a few key people in the past. It could be Adria's father, sort of, the man that married um, Vala. Maybe he found a way to go back in time. Maybe he's trying to to fix it so Adria isn't captured. Maybe he's maybe he didn't believe the coven, the truth. No, Vala was already pregnant when she landed in uh, on the Ori's homeworld. The Ori got her pregnant as she was going through the gate. She married that dude so she wouldn't get burned at the stake again. Yeah, I didn't actually follow. I stopped watching actually on the episode of where Vala gets burned. That's the last episode of SG-1 that I ever saw. Really? I so intensely disliked. I hated the Ori plotline to begin with. It had too many religious overtones to me. Um, Mm -hmm. And the witch burning kind of did it for you? And the witch burning was just like, I can't deal. I just I was like, this isn't a plot line I'm going to enjoy, so um, I'm just going to stop the yeah. show right here. But you so, could always I mean, use Ball or Anubis or um, uh, my favorite, Poppy Grande. <laughs> um, I was so mad when Apophis oh. died. But he went out like a boss. He was the only one that went out like a boss, too. I mean, they had to use a whole planet to kill him. That was that. Was a goal. <laughs> they had to use a whole fucking planet to kill Apophis. <laughs> the thing about if it's the if it's the ghouls that are doing it, you'd have to have them in the future not be completely wiped out. Um... And they're sending someone back in time to go after. Well, if they're going to be ad- attacking gene carriers, um, it has to be related to Atlantis, I think. Now, the enemy of the gate—they were fighting the um, the wraith. The wraith came to Earth. Um, what if the trust does it? What if the trust finds some ancient device and they send people back in time to kill gene carriers so Atlantis can't be recovered? Oh, nice. 
Huh. Actually, I think the Knox probably are all good tree huggers because if the Knox weren't all good tree huggers, they'd have already taken over the universe. True, true. They had a rather the lot thing of power. them back for intergalactic um, uh, tyranny was the fact that they were Bambies. Yeah. Yeah. So, they were a little banshee. Um Otherwise, the universe would be fucked. So, um, oh, very floaty and green. What if... This, I, I guess this is another one of those formative ideas. I don't know if it's a good idea or not. What if there's some other alien race? You could use an existing alien race. What if there's some other alien race that leaves humans alone, especially the Earth alone? I'm trying to think of there'd be, have to be some reason why the Earth would be significant. But they specifically leave the Earth alone because of an ancient um, accord, pact, treaty with um, with the ancients, an ancient pact with the ancients that that said that as long as their descendants um, remained on the earth, that the earth was forbidden. And they used time travel to, and that descendant is defined as some level of gene, that they've discovered that some point in the future um, that there are so few gene, or maybe all the gene carriers, the strong gene carriers are on Atlantis or something in the future or whatever. And so they want to get a hold of the earth sooner maybe before humans have completely destroyed it. And so they're sending people back to wipe out the gene carriers because it would make the treaty void. Like Luther, what? Uh, Give me context. Um... Did they ever actually No, the Furlings were gone by the time they met the Asgard when they found out the Furlings even existed. They were they were the right. they were the fourth race. Yeah, in the in the right, they were the fourth race. But in the I mean I I saw the first but, but many of the seasons of Stargate I never um saw more than once. I saw them when they aired and then I never saw many of the episodes again. Um, so I don't remember. They never They never had the furlings actually show up in canon, right? No. They're gone. They're extinct. Well, supposedly extinct. extinct. Yeah, supposedly. It's like the Asgard, but come to find out there was still some Asgard left. They're a little feral, though. <laughs> yeah. Um... Lex Luthor wants to take over, and Tony is the key to stopping him. Uh, all right, moving to a super 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 a super person universe, superhero universe. If I was going to a superhero to be- universe, I would not do it in DC. Uh, I just um, DC is too dark for me. DC is very dark. Um, that's it. I actually I found that. Um, I thought, well, I didn't think one. I thought Wonder Woman was kind of a breath of fresh air. Um, yeah. On the darkness front, it was still kind. Of, it was still sad. Of course, it's like 
they have to like fucking kill people. And honestly, DC's obsession with tentacles is it's got to end. Okay, DC, <laughs> no more tentacles. There are tentacles in every fucking movie in of some sort. You know, whether it's Earth tentacles or um, it's just tentacles. I mean, there are even didn't um, Ares have tentacles at some point, or he's attacking her with Earth tentacles or something? I think Whatever. So, yeah. Stop it with the te- yeah. enough with the tentacles. They got. They got um, issues. They do. They have some sort of weird tentacle fetish. Um, but between Wonder Woman and Justice League, I felt like that they kind of came up a little bit out of the darkness that they've had in the, the Batman franchise. And um, I thought it was just a little bit better, a little bit in that front. So I could actually maybe see myself writing in – um, like that kind of movie verse Justice League thing, but it would be it would be a lot less angsty than DC usually does. Nobody's nobody's love of their life is dying at the end. I'm just saying. I don't write that way. For fuck's sake. <laughs> Azure. That's just like Come on. Have you no boundaries? Have you no boundaries? We know she doesn't even know I ask. So if I were to do something with the DC universe, I would have to do it be uh, have it be probably a parallel universe kind of thing, where like Tony is pulled into a parallel universe, um, and then that could be a weird thing. What if it that doesn't even happen? What if somebody just shows up with some kind of weird powers that Tony nobody can explain, trying to kill Tony, and um, he finds out that in the future he would have been have been willing to go to that universe to help them save them with something I don't know what. Um, what if he's like the um, the gods are canon? The Greek gods are canon in the DC universe. So what if Tony was like like the last son of Zeus or something? And he was actually a god, and they stuck him in a universe that his powers can't manifest to grow up and live to because it, they didn't want to, they couldn't have any more gods on earth so that's where he's supposed to be but then something catastrophic happens as it does in the DC universe and he, he gets pulled in in the future where his powers manifest in the DC universe but whoever is trying to prevent that from happening turns up in Tony's universe trying to kill him to prevent him from making that jump is this the end of a really hot, really hot Aquaman coming to save Tony? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that Tony and Aquaman are totally banging in the future. And so Aquaman, of course, has to go back and save his his dude. What did she just share with us? It has pincers. Why does it have pincers? To grab onto you <laughs> and so Lois Lane was harshly reminded that Superman was after all an extraterrestrial yes I think indeed. his dick is perfectly normal for fuck's sake I do too I do. Superman does not have any weird pincers in there obviously because they passed him off as human he got his prostate checked like everybody else etc
I mean, that'd be kind of a convoluted plot. You know, you've got time travel and universe jumping and superheroes and gods. Um, it would be... I feel like you have to put this on AO3 for reasons. Because that's really the only place <laughs> that one that could go. <laughs> for reasons. This is hosted over there because this is where it fits. Azure just, there are days. There are days, woman, there are days. There are days when the facepalm is just like. Uh, going to give me a concussion. I didn't need that mental image, woman. I didn't need it. Kira's going to send you to the corner over that. She, her corner is a, not a punishment. I should give her more, corner to Ellie. True. I'm not putting you in the corner, Ellie. I'm just saying that you that you that Az doesn't need to go to her corner because she's turned it into a pornoplex. <laughs> Beach sex is Beach. never hot, okay, folks. I'm just saying, it, it may look hot in the movies. It is never it, actually you get, hot. You get sand in places you didn't think you could get sand, and you you, you sometimes you think, but should, should I go to the doctor? Because sand up, I feel like I should probably go to the doctor. <laughs> Weeks later, you're still finding sand in your panties. <laughs> it's like, where was that hiding? And, and I just going to say, you know, they use sand and water pressurized to blast, you know, paint off of things. So when you get some vigorous rubbing with sand between you and whatever you're rubbing against, it really chafes. Okay, we're talking some epic rash here going on. I mean, it... It's like your skin gets abraded right off. Beach sex is not hot. It's not sexy. And also salt water is harsh. Um, salt water, if you go into the ocean and you're, you're in the sand, that's actually the best pedicure you could give yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Walking across the beach on those wet sand, your feet are going to be nice and smooth when you're done. Um yeah, it always looks pretty, but all I can think of, every time I see people fucking on a beach in a story, I'm just kind of like, mm. no. Suspension of disbelief is ruined. We have failed. This author has never actually challenge. had sex on a beach, because if they had, they would not be doing this, because it's not sexy. It's sort of like, um, you know what is sexy, though? The 50-yard line. What? what? The 50-yard line. Football, yeah, like doing There's it out on the green. Like getting laid in the middle of a football field. Okay, well there you have it. I haven't done that one, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying it was, you it was nice. Get, wouldn't you want to get laid under the goalposts? I mean, isn't that kind of like yeah, we, yeah, we like did, a built-in we did pun? That too. <laughs> it's it. it it's its own joke. <laughs> it was a touchdown and a home run and um, whatever, a goal in soccer. Yeah. I Yeah. I hit all those milestones. There is no such thing as TMI on my show. No, it's rated show. R for and Kira's got a Kira's, she, Kira's even writing a whole bang blog about her banging. <laughs> I am. Speaking of my banging, 
I reached 40K tonight. What? <laughs> wow, that's amazing. How many, I'll tell you the exact words. 40,018. 40,018 words. And you're about a third done. Yeah. Um, I'm on page... Certainly not. I'm on page seven of my document, my plot document, and there are 18 pages. So... I'm having fun. I am not surprised you're having fun. It is your your idea is very fun. Is this, is this a cocktease? No, it's not a cocktease because it will be available and you'll be able to read it on the Quantum Bay. That's right. Well, that's a strange. I just got an email from somebody asking me an odd question. Yes, somebody has noticed. Yes, Lady Holder, to your question. What's her question? He knocked knocked it out of the ballpark. Oh, yes. I might, I might actually get two stories done. Might. Both of mine are going to be shorter, so I might have Kira's word count like in both stories, stories combined. Technically, um, mine they, is three stories, I guess. Mine's a three-arc book, mm-hmm. um, and each arc is going to have, I don't know, 10, 15 chapters each, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. The chapters aren't really important right now, the number of chapters, but I've only got two pages left in arc one. Two pages in my plot no plot points yeah. or Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. I was like, when you say two pages left, I'm like, how does she know what it's gonna only take her two pages to write whatever's left? And if that's the case, <laughs> why doesn't she just write it? <laughs> <laughs> two pages just no, write I, it. I think that these plot points um it's probably um my first arc is going to probably be about 53K, maybe a little more. So these two pages cover about 12K, I think. So I'm, I'm, I'm estimating that each of my arcs are going to be between um, 45 and 50K, So, but um, we'll see. Wow. I think my arc three will be the, the shortest, but... Um, You're welcome, Sam. There was a, You're welcome. There was a, there was a lot to fix. Yeah, there was a lot to fix. Some some fandoms just need more fixing than others. Actually, I, when I think about it, most fandoms need a lot of fixing. <laughs> <laughs> but it all it all depends upon where you do your insertion point. What's my line? Sometimes the insertion point is a pain in the ass um, because I never get tired of <laughs> accidental double entendres. Okay. Um, <laughs> There are there are shows that the first season there's nothing to fix, right? But by the second season, it's like a lot of them. The further out it goes, the more there is to fix. It's like it's like screenwriters in Hollywood cannot do the long. They can't play the long game. It's just really strange. Um, 
think that t- t- that television is so transitory, they don't bother to even think about playing the long game because they don't know how long they're going to be doing the show. So they're just lazy. Yeah. Well, true, but I mean, they could at least, you know, employ some consistency. That would be nice. I'm I'm not asking for much, just a teeny bit of consistency would be great. <laughs> Babylon Five was made a very long time ago, and TV has changed a great deal since. Yeah. We don't get stuff like that anymore. No, we really don't. Or it, sometimes even it seems like we're going to get it. It just gets... I mean, there have been a couple times I thought we were going to get something that was really good. And then, and we you didn't. know, it was it was on Fox. It was like, fuck you. Right? Because Almost Human was... We didn't even get to find out what the fuck was going on. No, Almost and Human could have been off awesome. It could have been awesome. It had so much potential. Of course, Firefly was perfect. Yes. I didn't have to fuck with that. Cancel, cancel, cancel. Um, so, okay. Um, we did Groundhog Day. We did um, Terminator. Um, we did a Dead Air Loop. Um you did dimensional travel. Um, I don't know why any creator would accept a deal from Fox. They'd be no like, kidding. no, dude, we, I, we saw what you did to Farscape. We'll just keep our idea to ourselves. Thank you. We see what you do to word babies. You can't be trusted. Janice Machine, Lady Holder asks. That's more of the um, Stargate universe. Slingshot around the sun. Oh, that could be interesting. What could we do with Star Trek? The problem is, okay, this is, I'd say, this is one of my issues with writing, doing a fusion with, um, not a fusion, or even a crossover with, like, a contemporary fandom and something like Star Trek, is that the canon timelines of Star Trek don't, <laughs> they're a nightmare to mesh into a contemporary timeline. Um, because of the eugenics war and... Yeah, when they when they picked those dates and they were writing back then, it was like, you know, that stuff was all in the future, but now we're well past those dates and none of that shit happened. So either you have to move all of the Star Trek timeline out a few hundred years, not necessarily a few hundred, maybe just a couple, maybe a hundred years, um, which that actually might be a round number you could do. It's just adjust the time, Star Trek timeline, add on attack on a hundred years. Or deal with the universe the in the one in the one story I've already plotted, um I just made I I didn't do um it Jim and Blair are on Earth pre Federation. Um but it's the Star Trek universe, it's just Jim and Blair living in it. So mm-hmm. you know, the, it's post eugenics war and all that kind of crap. 
So, um, that was easier to do than to try to reconcile the timeline. But I never thought about just like tacking on a hundred years to everything. That's where it helps to have a canon timeline and then your own timeline where you basically replicate it and then add a hundred years to everything so that you can keep yourself straight. Yeah. But that could be interesting. I'm trying to think of what I could do with time. Cause they did, they did time travel in Star Trek. Um, Most often it was by accident, unless you're talking about that um, that agency that was guarding time. There was a whole agency dedicated to preventing time travel, preventing time travelers for, from doing things that will disrupt the timeline. Well, yeah, I was going to say, they, they, did, they did do it on purpose in the Star Trek Four. Yeah. Um, but that was with the whales. Yeah, they did do it on purpose there. Um, I, wonder, I wonder if you could... How do, It'd be interesting, maybe, maybe, to do a re uh, do the reboot version of that, where for some reason they have, to, but you have to change why they have to go back in time because um, search for Spock didn't happen in the reboot. Um, so that could be a case of Tony getting pulled into the future if I could like, work that out. Go back in time because of Spock's death. That's incidental. No. No, they went back to save the Earth from the ship that the big, was singing it to death. The big cigar, yeah. Um, yeah, the big cigar in the sky was singing to the oceans. Because it wanted a whale to, to talk to them. So you could actually still use that whale plot. Um, it's just Spock would be different. Yeah, and they could bring Tony back with them. Do-do-do-do-do. Like Tony yeah, is would, that, the marine biologist. No, I'd have to come up with some other reason why he comes back with them. Um, I can put Tony into some science fields, but science fields that work with animals, it just, I don't know, it doesn't gel in my head. Because um, usually when I make him a scientist, he blows shit up a lot. Um, I just don't see him settling down and petting dolphins or whales, as the case may be. But maybe. Oh, come on, Edie. Be adventurous. Tony would drive Spock crazy. Around the bend. Yeah. He might even drive Jim a little bit crazy. He would definitely drive McCoy crazy. I think he could drive McCoy in a really good hot kind of crazy, though. Wait, yeah, that could Am be I the only one thinking it? No, I was definitely there. Um, that's a good idea that maybe he's on the ship where Chekhov gets captured. That is a really good idea. <laughs> Ellie, that would be hysterical. <laughs> That's awesome. So Ellie says McCoy realizes Tony's had the plague. <laughs> he wouldn't know what to do with himself. He would flip his shit. 
You have plague bacteria in your blood? I, or do we have, he have antibodies. Well, he might. I don't know. It's hard to say if there'd be any bacteria still floating around. Probably not, especially since it had a suicide chain and he's not contagious or infectious. Um, but he'd have the antibodies. You're like, why do you have antibodies for plague? Well. <laughs> oh, maybe that's why they're back in time. Find somebody who has the antibodies for plague? That particular plague. Oh, oh, that's interesting. They're actually actually back in time looking for Tony. Because someone, Khan, or whoever, found that engineered plague and took out the suicide gene. Oh, And they're there to politely ask if Tony would come to them in their super sci-fi future to save mankind (laughs) (laughs) from pneumonic plague. Here, would you like a hot doctor? You can have the hot doctor. (laughs) Wait, no. Okay, Jim. (laughs) I'm a doctor, not a... Okay, Jim. Well, he is is kind of pretty. Sure, I'm with that. I'm with you. Yeah, I think Tony would be like, yeah, spaceship. For mankind. No, I'm not going with you. Wait, you mean I get the doctor? Hmm. <laughs> Actually, he'd get really flirty. He'd be like, I don't know if I want to go with you in the future. Well, I don't know. Do you have any rules about, like, me dating my doctor? Would that be bad? <laughs> <laughs> well, he wouldn't actually be your physician. You would be part of... You know, you'd be providing just samples. He wouldn't actually be your doctor. Oh, well, in that case. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be so much fun. Actually, Canon, actually, it's one of the things that made me really frustrated with the way they took Tony out in Canon, is they spent a whole season, the whole last season that Tony is on the show, having him have realizations about how pathetic his life is and how little he has and that all he has is work. Um, I mean, there, that was the theme of the last season he was on was that he is, his life is awful. So since they said that is canon, that Tony's life is awful, what if he gets a hot doctor and goes to the future instead of getting a Ziva's daughter? Which I'm not convinced is actually his. I'm not either. <laughs> Battalon says, can you imagine the crew trying to stalk out, to stake out the area first or something, and Tony notices the terrible stalking from the really awkward people? <laughs> He'd be like, dude, you're hot? It's really hard for you to fit in, so you're gonna have to fill me in on why you're stalking me. <laughs> especially if it's especially if it's Spock, he'd be like, "No one's worn those kind of headbands for like 30 years. What are you doing?" Because <laughs> Tony'd be all up in the fashion, like, "What are you wearing? This is this is this is not good. Whoever dressed you for this mission did not do a good job." <laughs> don't tell me that. Don't tell me that's part of Lagerfeld's fall collection. Cause I'm just not gonna believe it. 
<laughs> I actually have everything. I, I like several. I like the Terminator idea. I like the um, 1969 idea. Um, we actually didn't really explore it much, but I also like the idea of Tony just accidentally falling on the cable time travel device. <laughs> You know, he kind of gets pushed or something at a crime scene and falls on Cable's time travel device and winds up in the past. Or the future. Could go either way. Um, but I like I like this idea of Star Trek. Um, I like the DCEU idea, bizarrely, the universe and time travel thing, but that one's really complicated. The 1969, the Terminator thing. Those are the ones I really like. I like the Terminator thing myself. But it's mothership, and I'm I'm all aboard the mothership, so I can't be held accountable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony is an easy person to transplant to another, you know, future, another universe, or something, because um, he doesn't have a lot of connections. It's actually harder with somebody like Steve, who. You know, before his father died, he had his father and his sister. And then after his dad dies, he's made all those connections and built, you know, he has family of choice thing going on in Hawaii. It's a little bit harder to transplant Steve. I'm trying to think if, if if I did if if I had some actual tangible idea for most of these at least loose I didn't really have an idea for the falling on a time travel device falls on a time travel device and does what takes him where to do what and to whom what Tony's doing to whom is always a very important part of any plot during hiatus after they found out about Kelly. And what's her name? I forgot the wife's name. Shannon. Wow. Shannon. Shannon. Okay. Um, Gibbs is gone. Um, Ziva and Tim are fucking around on a crime scene. Um, They tell Tony it's been cleared, but it hasn't. He ends up tripping over this device and... um, he ends up at the scene where the accident scene where um, Kelly and Shannon dies and he saves Kelly. Okay. I like that idea. I just had a horrible idea from that. Hmm. Okay. Share. Yes. As a result, I'm trying to, of course, I have to have a way to fix this. Uh, this wouldn't just be, like, Tony just can't go back. So Tony just can't go back because by saving Kelly, Gibbs' life goes differently. Gibbs isn't in Baltimore. Tony winds up staying in Baltimore longer with the crooked cop and the crooked police captain and winds up getting killed because he starts uncovering what they're doing. 
And so he can't go back because he's just erased himself from existence. I don't know how I'm going to resolve that. <laughs> but sometimes time travel doesn't always have good consequences. Well, see, I was thinking that um, that it would kill Tony, that maybe he sacrifices himself for Kelly, but then the timeline is changed. And so it skips, you, you skip ahead, and Gibbs is at NCIS with Kelly. Kelly, but, you know, Kelly's alive. Gibbs is at NCIS. The bombing goes differently. Maybe he isn't even the one that goes in to do the bomb because he's got a kid at home. Or, you know, he didn't go into that mission or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he meets Tony on the job. And neither one of them know what Tony did in the past. Because it was erased by the by the time travel. Is that a paradox? There's, there's always a paradox. It, well, yeah, it does create a paradox, but you just have to assume you'd have to probably write something in with a par- with a, with a device resolves the paradox in some way. I mean, it had, somehow the the paradoxes were getting re- uh, resolved when Cable was using it. So, um, now Tony was on Tony was under cover of the mob before two thousand and one. Um, Cannon, uh, Shannon, sometime between 1999 um, and 2001, and Kelly and Shannon died, I believe, in 1991. Um, but I'd have to double-check my NCIS timeline, and I don't remember where it is. Uh, but yeah, I think I think they died in 91. Kelly was would have been 8, and I think she was born in 83, so yeah, 91. Um, so the thing is, is that you can't... Tony would be in the past, but he also already exists. Right. He's alive. He's alive, and he is, in 1991, in my world, he'd be about 18. I think that he would have still ended up at NCIS because he definitely would have not wanted to be active duty as a single parent, and he would have still met Mike Franks, and Mike Franks would have still told him who killed Shannon. He probably would not have gone to Mexico to kill him because he had to you know, take care of his kid at home. But I still think he'd have went to NCIS. Yeah. Well, I think Tony would die very quickly. Um, so I don't think it would necessarily cause cascade failure if he sacrifices himself for Kelly. I think that would happen. Because what if that's what Tony's thinking about when he trips and falls and on that thing? What if he's thinking about um, how things would be different if Kelly, if one of them had survived? Yeah. What if, what if that's on somebody's mind is that, you know, if he, he, you know, he wanted Gibbs back or something or things hadn't been right since Gibbs left and then maybe he thinks, honestly, probably nothing has been right since Gibbs' family died. And that's what's on his mind when he falls on the device and that's what takes him back to the point that they died. Um, and then he dies. Maybe it's, I don't understand what you mean by like where they die. Oh, that maybe they're on a scene like a car like a car accident where Shannon and Kelly died. Oh, okay. 
Kelly's very young. She's been traumatized. Her mother is dead, and somebody dies for her. I doubt seriously that she would connect the man who died for her at that car accident or whatever and the cop that her dad hired from Baltimore after so much time had passed. Yeah, I don't think if she ever even sees, um, even if she ever sees Tony at all, maybe she doesn't ever see him. Because what happens? What would the device do if its carrier died? Or what if he gets? Stuck traveling like Beckett, Sam Beckett. Oh, a quantum leap thing? Mm-hmm. And he's traveling through events back to things that he would like to change. That it's... um Basically, it's giving him a tour of his regrets. I don't see. It's funny. I, I, so you think the device would... not let him die. It would keep moving him around. Maybe. Or not. I mean, it just depends on what you want to do with it. I think that's an interesting idea. But yeah, I would never. I don't model the endings of things that are sad. I'm a happy ending. I mean, I wouldn't. That's just the way. I would not leave him in the um, loop. No. Um, maybe after he solves problems for other people, the last one is his own. Hmm. How would he solve his own problems? Well, it depends on what the problem is. Maybe he should have said yes to Rhoda. And it would have changed everything. Yeah. Although it's my headcanon that Rhoda was a test wasn't wasn't a real offer. That it was her testing to see how committed he was to their But it could have been if it was real. Um, I just don't. I just don't see Shepard actually sincerely making that offer. What if it was an offer he should have accepted when he was younger, and that after he does all this jumping around to help other people, um, okay, I got to maybe instead of a more. device, instead of a device that's cables, maybe it's an ancient device that Janice left, and Janice is controlling it. From on high. Oh, like moving, moving Tony to where he needs to be. Yeah. Working on the assumption that given the opportunity that Tony would always do the right thing. Yeah, and I think he would. And then when Janice is satisfied with all the things that he's done, he gives Tony a chance 
to fix his biggest regret. And then you can pick out what his biggest regret is. Dealer's choice. Yeah, there could be some. Hmm. Maybe Brad Pitt didn't break his leg. Although I wouldn't pick that as his biggest regret, but that's an example of something that happened in Tony's past that maybe he wished didn't go down that way. Maybe he would want to save Kate. Yeah, maybe. I don't think that could be a regret because that wasn't a choice. I mean, he might choose to save Kate. I could see him choosing to save her, but I don't think it was a choice. Um, Also, the same thing also with the – I think Tony has regret about that other kid dying in the fire, but there was nothing he could do. Um, Right. So, I mean, unless he he makes – allows himself to arrive earlier so that both those kids lived, but – This is a completely different idea, but what if it's it's kind of built on what you just said, but um, completely different way things work out. What if Janice, Tony comes as an adult, comes in contact with? um, Okay, wait a minute. Something something disconnected in my brain. What if, forget that, I'm not sure about the device yet. What if Janice is sending Tony back in time? Um, because maybe when Tony's mother died, she told him to be sure to read a letter or find a letter and send it or something like that. But there's a letter she had written that she wanted him to send. And... Um, Tony was talked out of it somehow. He didn't do it. Maybe that's his regret. If that was his mother's last wish and he never did it because he let his father bully him or something. And that letter was to Patrick Shepard explaining that they had a kid and that she knew she was dying or something. Because um, apparently she, I usually ever die in a car accident, but apparently, I just was looking it up, she actually dies um, in a hospital for some reason. It's a little bit nebulous. They didn't explain what she had. Um, what if she knew she was dying with something like cancer or something and she worried about Tony being taken care of and so she was confessing to Patrick that he had a kid, another kid. And so that was the letter. So Tony um, is maybe able to influence his younger self to go ahead and send that letter not knowing what it's going to result in for him and then it changes his whole life because Patrick comes and gets him. Ooh, wouldn't Senior have a meltdown? Oh, it'd be lovely. Mm-hmm. Yes. That'd be the custody battle of the ages. Especially if Patrick's wealthy. I think all I think all Senior would want is money. Give me enough money, you can have him. Um, what if Tony's life at NCIS, I'm reading, Edie suggests, what if Tony's life at NCIS is a result of a time jump gone wrong and he lost his memory of what his original mission was and something happens that unlocks those memories? Hmm. That's an intriguing idea. 
What if Tony is Janice's child? Oh. And Janice takes a look one day and says, you know what? My kid's miserable. <laughs> Let's see what we can do about this. <laughs> Let's see what he would do about this, given an opportunity. So Janice comes down from on high, so to speak, um, and bangs on Mortaler once in a while. Wouldn't you? I totally would. Or is that just me? <laughs> Okay, I just want to make sure that wasn't just me. Because if I was an ancient, every once in a while I would come get some strange. I ain't going to lie. (laughs) Because being ascended seems like it would be awfully boring. Yeah, I'd get bored super easy. They'd be like, are you really writing fan fiction? Yes, shut up. <laughs> Mind your own. This isn't interference. Azure says, Janice, time topping time hopping alien squid man whore. <sighs> you mean like the child of Starman? That movie? I remember Starman. I have I just had no idea. I'd never and I wasn't familiar with that particular term. But well, there is there, there's Starman. Um, um, he gives her a baby before he leaves, and then there was that TV series where he comes back to to take care of the baby, the the son, because um, the mother dies. I never watched the TV series, but I've seen the movie several times. What's her name, Peggy? So this would be kind of a child of an alien. That would actually be a good plot for November. I'm not certain yes, it how would. What it does for time for time travel. Were they looking for the mother? Or I, I don't remember. I mean, it's been a long time. They might have been looking for her, but I thought she was dead. But maybe I'm just convoluting several series together. I like that series though. Up. I had a crush. I had a crush on the kid that played the. Um, I was a kid too, obviously, um, but I had a crush on the son, the actor. I never saw the TV series at all, ever, 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 ever. Um, it wasn't bad. I don't, I don't remember it being a terrible show. It didn't, I don't think it lasted long, though. I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. I do think that could be an interesting plot, a really interesting plot for November, is that Tony or someone like Tony, it could be anybody, really, is is Starman's son. Um that's the half alien thing. Um, 
Okay, Lady Holder says Howard fucks around. I'm assuming Howard Stark fucks around and makes a time travel device. And Tony Dinozo finds it because his grandmother or godmother is Peggy. That, I mean, how drunk was Howard that he accidentally made a time travel device? Um, and then left it out where the kids okay, could get let's, to it. Okay, let's be realistic. <laughs> I imagine that Howard Stark was that drunk all the time. <laughs> That's probably true. And maybe so Peggy doesn't got any clue what it is. Um, so it's just one of those things that Patrick made. I mean, not Patrick, um, Howard made. And it was in his, she put it in his stuff, and then Tony gets it. Tony Genoso gets it when Peggy dies. Hmm. But where was that time? It's an interesting setup for time travel, but t- where was that time travel device taken? To what? Before the snap. Well, yeah, that could be. But Peggy dies well before, so Tony's just got it hanging around. He plays with it after the snap. Well, I imagine that after the snap, the world falls into chaos. Did you just have a brain epiphany? I did. Okay. Do you want to write it down it for later, a- or is this something you want to talk about? <laughs> we got we got 15 minutes. Well, just, well I, I don't think it goes anywhere, because um, it's not a pairing I would write. But what if, no, um, what if, I mean, what was Howard's obsession? What would he be Captain building America. a time travel device for? Captain America. To save. And to so save what, Captain America. What, if, what if that's where it goes, is to save Steve? That's the intent of it. And somehow Tony successfully activates it. And that's where exactly where he would go, right? It's back to World War II. I mean, that's not a great thing for Tony, but it could be a good thing for Captain America. Um, I think in my typical writing style, that kind of setup would lend itself to a pairing, which would be probably Steve, Tony, or whatever, But except that that's not a pairing I'm particularly interested in, which is why I said it doesn't go anywhere. Because it's like, oh, I've got an idea, because what, where would Tony, where would, what would Howard be building a time travel device to do is to save Steve. Um, except I don't think Howard would build a time travel device here to save Steve in the future. I think he'd be trying to prevent Steve's death, right? Or well, Howard Steve's. didn't know about the recovery of Steve, so he right didn't exactly. Have... What if Jarvis builds it? No. What if On Friday? Bu- what if Dummy builds it? <laughs> <laughs> Dummy builds time travel. Okay. Yeah. He's. He's really upset that his star is gone. <laughs> Nobody's paying him any attention. Kind of that robot in space camp. No one was paying him any attention, and he launched that kid into space. He launched all those kids into space. Into space, um, yeah. I love that movie. There's just some really bad 80s movies that I really, really like. <laughs> I adore Space Camp, too. I adore Space Camp. I can't even... You can watch that whole movie on YouTube. I know, um, I did the other day. So, what was your idea before I went off in the pairings that do not work in my brain? 
Um, I don't know. It fell out of my brain. What was I saying? Anybody remember? Whip me, beat me, take my charge card. It's NASA. Yeah, that. That's a classic. Yeah. What if he finds the device decades into the future and comes back to the present day to fix all the shit choice he made? Well, the thing is, I don't think that finding a time travel device, using it deliberately means you understand what the device is and you understand how, understand how to make it work and you understand how to get to a specific place, which is a bit of a stretch. It yeah, being it's programmed yeah. to do it being programmed to do something and you accidentally turning it on is much more plausible. I agree. Because if Tony understands the the time travel device, if he understands what then it he, is, he's gonna, he understands he's gonna turn why it he over to do it. Exactly. He's going to turn it over to somebody who's going to be better able to go back in time and make the changes necessary to prevent half the world from vanishing or whatever. So it would have to be accidental. And if the travel is accidental and you don't want it to be going back to a specific year, it would have to be, I don't know, Captain America dies in 1945 and the device is built in 1965. It would have to be set for like 20 years back in time. And then as opposed to go to Steve Rogers or something like that, um, I mean, you have to work out the mechanics of all that about how Tony accidentally triggers triggers a time travel device that takes him somewhere convenient. Um, So to avoid the contrived feeling, I'd probably have him go back several years before the point where it's convenient. Um, Yeah, but if he turns it over to Tony Stark, which is what he would do if he understood what it was, it wouldn't be Tony Dinozo time traveling. Unless those two have zero, I, and I do mean zero, um, filter on their actions, zero impulse control, and they just decide to turn it on together. Yeah, that could probably happen. Um. <laughs> what, now, what if it's actually... Um, uh, no, that doesn't work. Never mind. Never mind. Um, with genetic the mystery apart- time travel. Yeah, with a mystery time travel device, you have to have some element of um, accidental. It, it, in terms of where it's programmed to go, you've got to come up with a plausible reason for why it goes where it goes. And there's a lot of places in time where where it goes isn't plausible. Okay, I can't come up with a plausible way that it would send them to a certain point. Unless, unless, huh. Now this could be, you could have him not understand, like it's got like a date dial on it, and since it's built like maybe in the 60s, it's got like a very manual dial on it. And he doesn't understand what that date dial does. He just puts in a date. Fiddles with it. Maybe a good date, maybe a bad date. Because 
when we put dates in, like if you got if you got a dial that clearly dates and you were dialing in dates, you would put in dates that had meaning to you um, in your life. You might put in your own birth date. You might put in a, the birth date of a loved one. You might put in the date of JFK's assassination. If you lived in the MCU universe, you would might put in the day of the snap or the day before the snap, thinking this was the last good day, the last good day, and it was the day before the snap. That is a way that it could go somewhere convenient. But it's got. You got. I'd have to work that out. It just can't be. Um, for some mysterious reason, he winds up at a place that Howard would never have intended for him to be. Jarvis sends them both back. Jarvis. Jarvis doesn't around. Yeah, because Jarvis. It's pretty much vision, and vision is dead. Unless Jarvis is, I don't think Friday's evolved enough, and Friday's with Tony. Um, I always, Friday, I always think of her as being fairly young. But Jarvis, what if there is a backup of Jarvis? What if he managed to? Um, because it's my head canon that the reason why Jarvis was able to be completely wiped out is because. Um, Ultron was able to follow his because they don't address that shit it's not like Tony would be so negligent that he wouldn't have backups of Jarvis but right. what it, but I mean, it's my headcanon that um, Ultron's able to follow the backup protocols and destroy the backups um, but what if he missed well, one we don't know that, yeah or but what if Jarvis is a, sort of a last ditch thing his own Hail Mary was was he created a backup of himself when this started happening and then cut the power to those servers. Like he caused a power outage to prevent Ultron from being able to follow him. And um, at some point in the future, that server gets activated again or something. Or somehow, maybe it's always been activated, but there needs to be some kind of connection um, to Tony's mainframe for him to get out. And I think that was a reason for why Jarvis didn't get out sooner than he did. But it would have to be a backup of Jarvis that Tony doesn't know about. I mean, I've seen people explain away the lack of backup in a lot of different ways, and some of them like that. Um, I think there's one story I read, or maybe more than there might be multiple stories that have done this, where Wanda was blocking his memory of Jarvis. Um, But anyway, um, yeah, it, it was a big hole there that Jarvis would have just been so easily destroyed. And so, therefore, you have to conclude that Ultron destroyed the backups. What if Jarvis does make a backup of himself and the snap happens and Tony gets dusted? Well, Jarvis wouldn't be pleased with that. No, he would not. So he has to Jar- do something. What if Jarvis is the one that calls on Tony Genozo? Why would he pick Tony? Maybe Tony and Tony were childhood friends. And Jarvis thinks from his own uh, his own um, investigations into things that um, Tony's the kind of guy who's, who who would make a leap uh, do something extreme to save the world kind of thing, um, that he's also very loyal 
and um, that he trusts that Tony doesn't have an, an, ulterior, an agenda or an ulterior motive, which is something that would be in short supply with the people that Tony surround Tony um, Stark is surrounded by. Who hacks the glove? How do you hack the Jarvis? The metal? I, it's my personal headcanon that Gamora is actually the soul stone. That the sacrifice was actually more about providing a soul for the stone to power it than anything else. And yeah. Gamora is the soul stone. Well, I think she's in it. I don't know that I think she is it. I think that her soul activated it. Because the stone yeah. has to be activated. Well, they have to have a um, – everything except the soul stone, soul stone had to have some kind of vessel, had to have some kind of – they were all either weaponized or contained in some way in order to harness their power. Um, right, everything except, except the soul, the soul stone. stone. So I think she's definitely in it, but it went right into the glove, which is why it was usable, just like – I mean, the gauntlet, just like everything else. But I think um, that it's her – I think her soul is powering the soul stone. Interestingly enough, Gamora is the only canon character in Marvel to ever go into the soul stone and come out. Canon anyway. It just I don't, it doesn't quite gel in my head that she'd be powering it because none of the other stones needed to be powered. They all they all power other things. So, I mean, it seems like the stones are probably containing all the people who are who disappeared in the snap, and I think the soul stone is probably containing Gamora, but that she's powering it in some way implies that she's weaponized it. Maybe that's the only way it could be weaponized, to be used in the glove, which is why it required a sacrifice. Why it was never weaponized so, before. Could be. I mean, it's so inconsistent with how the other five stones work that um, it would be that would be a strong that'd be a difficult canon for me, a difficult canon um, to build for me because I would struggle with the inconsistency between how that one stone worked. But it is soul. I mean, soul is a very different thing compared to power. Other things. Oh, we're down to like three minutes or two minutes. Oh, wow. No, but I do think minutes. that if Jarvis woke up and found out that Tony had been dusted, he would he would um, make a very drastic decision. I think he would too. And Dummy would help. And if there, <laughs> if there was a, if there was a a possibility of time travel, um, I think he'd be he'd be looking for somebody who was willing to make that kind of leap. Who was and depending on, And then depending on who you ship, that'd be who you pick to, that who Jarvis picks to, to go back in time. Yeah. It's always easier in that kind of things when you're, when you're having adults traveling to adults, it's always easier to me to have a, a consciousness sent back in time, I don't think I don't think I've ever done time travel with actual bodies. It's always been 
a, a transfer. I prefer like consciousness in the Harry Potter. Soul or consciousness, soul, magic. I think I did consciousness and magic in Slytherin Black. Um, but because because you just run into there's two of the same person, <laughs> um, right? When you send a when you send a body back in time. Okay, I think we are. We actually managed to get more Tony time travel than I even remotely expected we'd be able to. Right, but always it boiled down to um, inserting him into another canon because yes. of his contemporary setting. You know, so. Yeah. Unless you're going to write a complete AU with magical realism or um, just put him in a sci-fi environment on his own in an original verse, which I don't recommend you do with a fandom character. Um, I having had that experience, I highly don't recommend that you do it. Um, crossing over is your best bet. Yeah, you got to get you got to get an, uh, the mechanism from somewhere else. If they just don't have a time travel device hiding in the evidence room at NCIS, that we know of. <laughs> That we know of. Yeah. Okay, we're down to 37 seconds. You guys have a great weekend, and we will talk to you later. Um, say good night, Julie. Good night, everyone. <laughs>